Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. You see, sometimes when we look at the situation in life, we go, God, God says, forget it, just look at me. I've given you the detail, I will provide for it. You're going to do the work, but you're going to have to be strong and courageous. When you step out for God, God will anoint us, He'll give us a direction, but we've got to be strong for God in His might. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of God that we accomplish these things, building this, even ourselves, in our own individual life. Believer, if you're seeking to do the will of the Lord, then you've probably experienced many failures along with successes. In those times, the enemy might try to convince you that God's done with you. You've failed for the last time. But that's a lie. We see in the Bible God gives second chances, and third and fourth and so on. He's willing, so it's really up to us. Continue to seek Him with your whole heart and He'll work with you in your obedience. Take each leading as it comes, one step at a time, and you'll grow past all those setbacks. He can take all your talents and use them in such a way that your weaknesses will take a back seat. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of First Chronicles, chapter 29, verse 4. David, you're you're not going to build it. Mark, this isn't going to happen in your life. It's not my will for you. Third is yes. Basically, yes is, I've been waiting for you to ask. You finally ask. The answer was there six months ago, but you didn't ask. And there's another one, and this is the way God is. Yes plus. I'm going to give you what you want, but I'll give you even more than what you asked for. Isn't that like God? Remember Solomon said, I'll just take wisdom. God said, fine, I'll give you wisdom, but I'll give you wealth on top of it. God's a good gun. Now, when God says no, what does that mean? You got it. We never argue with God, do we? (laughs) Say no again. No, but I know you do just like I do. And see, David, and we don't know whether he argued, the scripture doesn't tell us, but God said no to David, and he said, David, this is my final answer. I'm waiting. My final answer is no. It's absolutely over with. David, there's no discussing it. Now, when God says no, what does that mean to us? It should mean this that there's something better ahead. You see, if you've served God for any length of time, when God says no, we shouldn't get upset because that just means there's something better coming for us that God has for us. And you'll see this as we go through with David. Think back in your life. Think back of all the times that you've asked for something and God said no. 
Then look at your life since he said no. Has he ever failed you? Has he ever said, oh, sorry, I made a mistake? No, he always had something better in store for us. Our daughter's here, and we were walking the land yesterday just showing her. It's amazing when you walk the land out there. And I almost weep when I walk the land. Because, you know, God said no to 30 other pieces that we tried to buy. We know we were right, but he kept saying no. And here we are. Can you imagine what he's done here? Look what he's done. It's not man. It's God. He had, for five years, we wanted to start this church before we were allowed to start it. God said, no, wait. So that just encourages me tonight. Corporately, it's okay. Neat things are ahead. Individually, when God says no, don't get angry. Just relax. Because God's a good God. And he does nothing but good in our lives. Now, we may not see it, but in the end, he's working in your life, in my life, the same. Chronicles verse 4. Yet the Lord, the God of Israel, chose me. So here's what David's going to do. He knows it's no, but now he turns and he goes, but God's still a good God. And he starts to brag a little bit about God. He says, yet the Lord, the God of Israel, chose me from my whole family to be king over Israel forever. Who was David before? A shepherd in the field. The last son to walk through in front of Nathan. But the one God wanted. David's going back and going, look where I came from. Stop tonight. Look where you've come from. Look where God has brought you from. I never want to go back to my old life again. Amen? I mean, you got to be kidding me. It doesn't get any better than it is tonight. Because God's with us. And he's ahead of us. And he says, I was chosen to be king over Israel forever. He chose Judah as leader. And from the house of Judah, he chose my family. And from my father's sons, he was pleased to make me king over Israel. So David just says this, God is God, and I submit to his plan. Remember, we're here to do the same things. Jesus set the stage for us as well. In the New Testament, in John 6, 38, Jesus said this, I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him that sent me. Remember, we are his servants, God's boss, and we're his servants. Second, we are here to do His will. So God says no. David doesn't pout. He just starts thinking, God, you're a good God. If you said no, something good's ahead. Some neat stuff's ahead. I don't know what it is, but I trust you with my life. Do you trust God with your life tonight? Even when he says no? Even when it hurts? Even when it's the desire of your heart? Do you trust God Do I trust God that much? Yes, we have to. Verse 5. Of all my sons, and the Lord has given me many, he has chosen my son Solomon to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. He said to me, Solomon, your son is the one who will build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. I will establish his kingdom forever. If he is unswerving and carrying out my commands and laws as being done at this time. So now... 
I charge you in the sight of all Israel and of the assembly of the Lord and the hearing of God, be careful to follow all the commands of the Lord your God so that you may possess the good land and pass it on as an inheritance to your descendants forever. Look at the charge that he says there. He says to his son Solomon, look at verse 8 again. In sight of God and all of Israel, be careful to follow all the commands of the Lord your God. That's a great challenge for all of us. Not part of the commands. It's all of the commands of God. You keep them all, Solomon, and good things are ahead for you. Verse 9. And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father. I wish in most homes that could be said. But most homes tonight, the father of the home doesn't know God. We live in a society, even in America, that really doesn't have much use for God. David says to his son, Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father. You know who that was. Even though I failed many times, you know, my heart was always after God. Fathers, is your heart after God? Husband, is your heart after God? Wives, mothers, singles, kids, it's not a one-time deal. How do we do that? We get corrected in the morning. We get that vision from God through his word. Look what he says. Acknowledge the God of, of your father and serve him with whole hearted devotion and a willing mind for the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. Underscore this promise. If you don't have it underscored in your Bible, if you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Now, In that little sentence, the first part says, if you seek me, what will happen? You'll find me. You'll always find me. The one of grace, love, and mercy, and compassion. If you seek me, I'm there. Now, what's the next part of that verse say? If you don't, what's going to happen? Rejected. It's the judgment side. You say, well, I don't like a God like that. Well, that's who God is. There's grace and mercy. But because he's holy, there's also justice. So see, that isn't a a warning. That's just a common sense statement. Remember, all through the Bible, it just says this. Choose this day. Who are you going to serve? It's up to you. Now, if you're going to serve God, you're going to be blessed. If you don't serve God, you'll suffer the consequences. That's not difficult. That's common sense. But sometimes we miss it. Now, notice something else. What is David saying? He says to his son, serve God with your whole heart. We see that over and over and over through Scripture. The problem is of giving our hearts to God. We have three groups of people, really. We have the first people that give nothing of their heart to God. They don't have any use for God. Then we have those people that give part of their heart to God. They want God to be in certain areas of their life, The other area, they just would rather do their own thing. 
they would like to have God. It's kind of like those of you that may have this. You have a mother-in-law apartment in your home. And when you want mom-in-law to come out, that's fine. Other than that, that's your place. You just stay back there. That's often what we do for God. We compartmentalize our heart. And we say, God, you have this area, and this area, and this area. But this area? Oh, no, that's mine. And I'm not really going to give it to you because there's things there that I'm doing. Could be your business. Could be a relationship. Could be a hobby. Could be your finances. Could be your job. I, I don't know what it could be your pride. It's an area you don't want God to have. David says, no, wholehearted. What is the, the one commandment God says? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind. How much? Oh. See, it's there. And so David says, wholeheartedly. That's the third group. That's the person who, on a daily basis, just gives themselves to God. Now, notice God also wants us, look at there, to have a willing mind. Look back in verse 29. With a willing mind. Where is the battle? It's always in the mind. It's what we think about. The battle always starts in the mind. And the only thing that's going to renew our mind is the Word of God. That's what we're going through tonight. That's why we study the Word of God. You remember in Romans, it says... Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And over and over we go through these principles. So even tonight, tomorrow, some of us might be half-hearted. God's going to speak to us. Boom. God may say no to us tomorrow. We're going to go, I think I heard about that. I think I'm supposed to go, that's okay. And God's going to speak to us because he's changes. Now, what is the enemy going to say to you? Well, God's no good, you're not good enough, and God really doesn't understand you, and if he really understood you, he he would give you this. See, it's always here. We play those role games in our minds. So that we need to have a willing mind. Now, where that comes, now look at the next part. For the Lord sees every heart, David says this, and understands and knows every plan and thought. How did David come to this key principle? How did David come to the understanding that God sees everything? You remember one night when David was on the porch? And he was looking across. Should have been in the battlefield, remember? But he saw Miss America, Miss Israel, taking a little shower. Where was the battle? In the mine. From that point, David says, notice what he says to his son Solomon. He says, Solomon, for the Lord sees every heart, And he understands and knows every plan and thought. David knew that because of Bathsheba. And yet, the God David was serving was, which character was God speaking to? The the wrath character or the love character? His love character. Because God forgave him. Now you'll notice when we go through the book of Proverbs, that Solomon doesn't pay attention to what his dad is saying to him. Because he falls much worse than his father. So that goes back to the very same thing that's the most important thing you and I have tonight. It's called a free will. We can go through all these principles. I can go all through these principles and just fall myself. 
that it's just not the people in the congregation, but it's any of us. We, we just ignore the things of God. We're going to go down the wrong road and we'll pay for it. So God's loving. So he says to him, be careful. Now, where am I to be honest with God? If he sees every area of my heart, lust, jealousy, envy, pride, where does God deal with that? I believe he wants to deal with it in our quiet time. When you're open and you have to write the word, do you remember with journaling? It's called yesterday. And you have to go back and you have to write, I blew it here. That's where God deals with the heart. Again, you don't have to write it, but I write it. Just a few weeks ago, I had an area and I had to write it. It was an area that the minute I did it, I was so mad at myself. You ever get like that? Why did I do that? It wasn't a horrible thing, but it was horrible in me. The next morning, I had to write it. Was it good for me to write it? Yes, because it humbled me. It shows me that I still need help. I'm sure none of you have to write anything under yesterday. But see, when you do that, what you're just saying is this. I'm acknowledging what God already knows. And I'm just admitting it. And I'm humbly asking for forgiveness. Now, in that case, I definitely want the God on this side. Because he says, if you ask, he will. That's what David says. Look on, it says this. If you seek him, he will be found by you. That's a promise. Sometimes when you're seeking, Satan will say to you, God's fed up with you. You're not doing right. You know, you're never going to do right. You're really no use in the kingdom of God. What is wrong with you? You know, God's tired of you. You'll hear that from the enemy. No, God isn't tired. He's a God of second chances. I did a rededication of a marriage. Just wonderful. People that amazingly, 10, 12 years ago, I knew the individual at the hospital where I work. Isn't God amazing? Found their way here, separated marriage, got back with God, rededicated their lives, went through counseling with one of our pastors, and I remarried them. That's the grace of God. That's the power of God. And lots of different people there, even one of the doctors from another place. And I hope he saw the love of God. See, God's a God of second chances, guys. If he wasn't, we might as well just close it and go home. Go, let's go have an ice cream and forget it. Because we're going to fail again. But God's gracious. And he loves us. And it says, if you seek him with your whole heart, Jeremiah says that, if you seek him with your whole heart, he will be fine. Now, if you're playing at your relationship with God, forget it. you got to seek him with your whole heart. God, I want your will. You give me your will. Verse 10. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a temple as a sanctuary. Be strong, he's speaking to his son. Be strong and do the work. Then David gave his son Solomon the plans for the portico of the temple, its buildings, its storerooms, its upper parts, its inner rooms, and the place of atonement. And he gave him the plans of, of all that the Spirit had put in his mind for the courts of the temple of the Lord and the surrounding rooms, for the treasuries of the temple of God, for the treasuries of the dedicated things. Notice, the construction would be done, listen, the construction would be done by human hands, but the construction would do the will of God that came from the mind of God. That's how it works. We discover his plan, 
Then he uses our hands, our talents, our energies to carry out that plan. All right, let me go fast and I'll finish chapter 28. Verse 13, and he gave him instructions for the division of the priests and Levites and for all the work of serving in the temple of the Lord as well as all the articles to be used in its service. He designated the weight of gold for all the gold articles to be used in various kinds of service and the weight of silver for all the silver articles to be used. The weight of gold for the gold lampstands, their lamps, the weight of each lampstand and lamps, the weight of silver for each lampstand and lamps according to the use of each lampstand, the weight of gold for each table for the consecrated bread, the silver tables, for the forks, the sprinkling bowls, the pitchers, the dishes, the silver dishes, the gold dishes, the altar of incense, and he also gave him the plan for the chariot, that is, the cherubim of gold that spread their wings and shelter the ark of the covenant of the Lord. All this, David said, I have in writing, look at this, this is incredible, I have in writing from the hand of the Lord upon me, and he gave me understanding in all the details of this plan. That was the Spirit of God. In other words, when David sat down, the Spirit came, and he wrote all these incredibly detailed plans. God knows the detail of your life. There isn't one little area that God doesn't know. And our joy is to discover that plan. You see, as we sit there, it's the mind of God. So what do we hear here? Two things I'll give you quickly. Pray for God to direct your life with detail. And then second, expect God to direct your life with details. Now, look at verse 20. David also said to Solomon, be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work of the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. So David says to Solomon, can you imagine Solomon looking at these plans? Going, huh? Look at these plans. Look at the gold. Look at the stuff. David says, don't look at the plans. You look at God. You see, sometimes when we look at the situation in life, we go, God. God says, forget it. Just look at me. I've given you the detail. I will provide for it. You're going to do the work, but you're going to have to be strong and courageous. When you step out for God, God will anoint us. He'll give us a direction, but we've got to be strong for God in his might. It's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by the spirit of God that we accomplish these things. Building this, even ourselves in our own individual life. Solomon was getting ready to finish the temple. I'm going to save this part for next time. Because I want, to, I want to give you some illustrations of how this applies exactly. Let me give you a little clue for whenever I teach this again. Do you know tonight you're building your own temple? Just exactly like Solomon. And that's the illustration I want to use when we get to that part. And I'm going to finish chapter 29. I have it ready for you, but we'll get it another time. You're building a temple. You are the temple of God. God has a plan for you. Every one of us, specifically, directing including his vision, including his power, and including his timing in our lives. God uses even the smallest things to direct our lives if we let him. Today we heard David tell Solomon not to be overwhelmed by all the specifics of the plans for the temple, but to trust God to work out all the details. 
David assured his son that God would never leave him or forsake him as he was doing the Lord's work. As Pastor Mark assured us, we can receive the same assurance if we choose to follow God. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll-free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. That's info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now be sure to tune in next time as Pastor Mark continues through the book of 1 Chronicles, where we come to chapter 29, when David will underscore that the intentions for the temple are to give glory to God and not man. He will demonstrate his devotion through offerings and will give praise to the Lord, acknowledging that everything comes from him. David will pray for his son as he takes the throne. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.